We've got some fresh hey, new young I'm talent. Hey, I'm I'm Luis. You're listening to the Content before. is Profit One, two, podcast. Three, we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, go to contestprofit.com. Here it is. Here it is. There we All go. Right. I was All like, right. you forgot yeah, the, the, the money Ooh. button right there. Ah. Today epic guest and we're gonna be talking all about becoming a tactical leader huh i love this which yeah. by the way is the name of his podcast so you should go check it out yeah, too, check for it sure out. yeah just listen to this one first and then you can go there yes <laughs> or go there and then come back it's okay it doesn't matter uh see, do we have a sponsor today indeed we do thank you so much for asking good sir you're welcome good sir and today's sponsor is your own the biz bros what? with content momentum that's right that's right and you might be asking yourself what is content momentum well if you produce long-form content just like this one that you're listening to or watching and you want to turn it into value-packed bite-sized assets so then you can send it into social media and amplify your contribution let's go and get some new clients let's go then we want to help you out so slide in the dms and just just hit us up yeah, hit us it. up just yeah. hit us up have a conversation Simple. we're we're friendly i mean we promise we promise hey uh don't forget to subscribe hit smash that subscribe button repeatedly tell your yep. friends to do it because oh. every tuesday thursday and saturday i just realized that i forgot they gave us this christmas like punch button it's okay. i forgot it, it. it's coming oh, no. it's coming it can come for next episode yeah i guess so i guess all right so. it's and all good though follow us on social media as well at beast bros call all these videos and many many more are you gonna be coming out every single day multiple times <laughs> that is right and yeah if you find this episode impactful which i am sure you will please Please don't forget to share it because you don't know mm. whose life this message today can change. That's Especially right. That's because right. our guest is pretty epic. And I know for a fact that he has a very special message to share. Now, we ready? Let's go. So today's guest is probably one of the most badass guests we've had on the show. We got to know him after. Whoa, what happened here? We got to know him after our awesome guest, Amber Furman. Ah, Okay. We then noticed that his friend that oh, wow okay hold okay. on rewind wow. let me wow. restart my cheat sheet okay this Are is the beautiful okay thing Are you this, okay this there? is my beautiful thing about okay. going live okay my cheat sheet just like round slid through round number two. two let's go today's guest is probably one of the most badass guests we've had on the show we got to know him after an awesome guest Amber Foreman introduced him to us we then noticed that he is friends with previous badass guest Garrett Bake as well that hmm. is right does that make us badass by association hopefully yeah. either way Ooh. today's yeah. guest started his career as a SWAT operator then transitioning into infantry leader in Afghanistan mm. impressive and finally turning himself into a successful business owner what a career mm, that's right he is the founder of natalie production a content production agency and he is the host of be a tactical leader podcast so if you want to learn how to run your operations like a well-trained military force you better listen to this yes sir can't wait for this please welcome host of be a tactical leader podcast marketing tactician and contender for the content is profit number one badass Sagnite. What's <laughs> up, guys? Welcome, Sag. 
Welcome to the show, my man. No. Thank you for, for being here with us. You're not badass by relation. Sorry, guys. <laughs> ah, Especially after all those mistakes at the, at the beginning, you know. But you know what? Just like you hear... Wow, throw me under the bus, just, Jen. Just that like you quick. hear from some other military people, I always hear like everything, you have a plan, and then as soon as things start to go on, you're like... Plan B, Plan C, th <laughs> things go sideways. And I, I feel that's what happened today with the introduction. I mean, it's like that was definitely on purpose. <laughs> just saying. Naturally. You did, it, you did it really well. It was perfect. Zach, I, I just want to make this remark right here. While I was reading the name of your podcast, right? Be a Tactical Leader. I realized that the acronym is B-A-T-L, which it could be spelled as battle. Was that on purpose? <laughs> It was, it was all my, all my strategy, my coaching, everything's battle, battle plan, battle buddies. I, I really took it from the military and tried to play it off a little bit. Wow. That's pretty cool. I, I love it. Love I, love it. it. I, I mean, we're, I think we're getting right into it right away. So I, we might have to go back to your story real quick, but I'm very interested because a lot of people like on the content space struggle with the name of whatever they're launching, right? Like we did for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, you know what? This show is going to be called Content is Profit because that is what we believe in. That's a message that we want to send out. Whoever loves it is going to listen to it. We're going to make the message be the filter. So tell me a little bit like why you chose that. You just said you named everything after that. Uh, how do you come to that? Like I I'm sure there's a story behind it. Yeah, honestly, originally, so the, the podcast itself is Tactical Leadership, the podcast, and it's more of the stories of tactical leaders throughout different industries. What came from that is Be a Tactical Leader, and that's the coaching brand and everything you see that I actually represent pushing forward. So it goes from the show where the inception was my background. You know, I'm very yeah. focused on tactics. Tactics themselves are, you know, the art of getting stuff done essentially. And then my journey of leadership as I've gone through to talk to other leaders. So there you go, tactical leadership. I wanted to no. see how people could create tactics or use tactics in their own journeys to create successful winning cultures. Yeah. And from that came, how do you be a tactical leader, right? It's what's a great tactic. It's how to actually do it, how to accomplish it. Yeah. You know, everything's great as strategy, but you'd have to have action behind it to get it done. Absolutely. Ah, wow. Love it. Sweet, yeah. man. Like, thank you. You just literally just gave the framework on how to name your stuff, which <laughs> I feel like the, people get so hung up in, in that. So, yeah, but I will say this. We've noticed that is it's important to have like a proprietary name to things. Yes. Uh, literally, by just by naming your process differently, that the process can be very similar to somebody else's process. Absolutely. That yeah. can differenti differentiate yourself and like carve a space in the marketplace for you. Absolutely. Dude, Zach, so where you come from, man? Because, I mean, you, we explained how we met you, and we had a call, and it was fascinating. I'm like, man, I wish we could, like, continue this conversation because you're, you have your hands everywhere. And, and I, I, I feel like tactics have something to do with it that allows you to do this. But, like, who are you? Where are you coming from? And why you do what you do now? Yeah, man, it, it's a long, boring story from uh, Atlanta. I, I might, uh, I might throw some jokes the, in there to make it fun stuff. You know, fancy. You ready for my jokes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I need you to do something with it. Man. I know, it it's boring. Um, but like, like y'all mentioned, you know, I, I started uh, as a police officer in Smyrna, uh, which is just outside of Atlanta. It's where the new Brave Stadium got built. Yeah. Um, so I started as a police officer there. Did all the fun, cool guy stuff from SWAT to narcotics to 
you name it, had some fun there. And honestly, it started kind of like a lot of police officers do. I wanted to give back to my local community. I grew up playing T-ball in that city, and I wanted to give back to that. Um, and then along the way, I kind of had the realization that police officers, or myself as a police officer, I wasn't making the impact that I really, truly wanted to make. Yeah, You know, you end up finding out you're, you're there to respond and report, not necessarily uh, serve and protect. It really kind of, the culture shifted toward it. So... Um, I left that, my two weeks notice from the police department, went directly into basic training. Um, so at 28 years old, I was the grandpa of basic training. Um, went for, from making decent money to making about 15 grand a year. That first year is pretty awful as wow. a private in the Army. Wow. Um, but I spent about 15 months in training, went through basic training, went through officer school, went through infantry school. Um, got through all of that finally, thankfully. Spent about uh, Started my first business during all of that. Um, it's my security firm. Um, spent about six months running that and then found out I was getting deployed, went to Afghanistan for uh, most of 2018, 2019, the back end of 2018 into the majority of 2019 uh, with the Army. Uh, we were attached to a Special Forces Unit, did some stuff out in Afghanistan, um, and then came back about a year and change ago and kind of just put my nose to the ground and um, came back with a different perception of life, you know, a different yeah. value attached to, are we really accomplishing what we say we are? Um, and are we really putting forth as much effort as we possibly can? And I really came back with a different level of motivation attached to that. Yeah. Wow. Incredible, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. There's yeah. definitely zero boring in, in, in that story. Yeah. I, I find it fascinating. I, I'm curious. When did you say you, you came back from Afghanistan? I came back in August of 2019. Wow, so very recently. Yeah, th and thank you for your service. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're, we're not originally from this country, but we love this country. I mean, we, we've been here for about 10 years, so I appreciate you guys, what, what you do, especially yeah. from the being a policeman to a police officer to the military. So I appreciate you. We wish our country had that instead of the corrupt people that are there. Anyways, uh, super, super, I went super, super, si super tangent, sideways yeah. there. Yeah, sorry. That could, uh, be, a that could be a podcast, that could be a podcast on Sunday. its own. Um, so... So we often we often talk here in the show that military people and athletes have this uh, resiliency to continue, right? Like we make mistakes, we continue going. Like we, we're we're stubborn at some degree on the things that we want to achieve, and we continue to do it, and we find different ways. And our theory is that that separates you know those two kind of people from the regular packs, and then we're potentially able to achieve something else and i say we because we play soccer from the very from very young age all the way through college here in d1 schools and and so on that was the dream right so i think the mentality is there do you think that is a thing like did it help you kind of start these businesses continue on that first year of training that you made like 15 grand a year right like i'm sure that wasn't easy for you or your family where what are the things and the elements that you took from your military your police officer's life that you brought into the business side that helped you move forward and achieve what you have now you know i think the best correlation especially between athletes military law enforcement um, the best correlation is that we're trained to accomplish a mission right we're trained to accomplish one goal and that's whether that's win the game score a goal you know fight a battle um Whatever that may be, you're so dead set on. This is your one thing, right? And that's such a great, I, I believe there's a book out there called Your One Thing. Um, yeah. I, I believe that's the title of it. Uh, it's slipping my mind at the moment. But, you know, when you can focus on that one thing in particular and kind of set the distractions to the side, you know, yeah. I, the, the one it's thing. It's difficult. 
there you go. There you go. So, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, when you can have that level of focus um, and attach it to your your daily grind, your daily hustle, and you do that for days and weeks in a row, it just keeps mounting, right? You just keep moving towards success. And I think that's one huge thing that law enforcement and military taught me. I'm sure that's what y'all learned as athletes. You know, it's I grew up playing baseball, never made it to as fancy as y'all did. But, you know, that's something, you know, you unite as a team to accomplish one similar mission. It's no different than how you should operate a business. Wow, that's that's amazing. I'm, you know, I'm curious, going back to your story, when you said that, that year that you made $15,000, right, that big change on on salary, you said that same year was the same one that you started your first business. Was there... Was it necessity that you started it for or was it because you was I'm, I'm guessing I'm trying to understand what was your your mindset at that moment. Right. Because you wanted to protect and serve. Right. That's why you joined the military. But at the same time, I'm guessing you needed to be taken care of financially as well. Everybody needs. Right. So did this business was born because of a necessity or because you saw uh, you had this business mindset at that moment already and you saw space in the marketplace. I was like, I can actually take advantage of this and build a business in here. Or was there any other reason? You know, honestly, I wasn't business minded at all. Um, government doesn't teach you anything about business at all. Um, it went from, I, I went to basic training in November of who. 2016 mm. and I started that first business in July of 2017 so about seven months in mm. and it wasn't out of necessity it wasn't out of I had to make more money um, as I was going through I was going to make more money and I'm on the National Guard side so I'm, I wasn't going full full active duty where I knew um, December and the first of that of 2018 I was going to be coming back home I had to do yeah. something yeah and The reason I started that first business is called Night Protection Services. It's still running to this day. It's a security consulting firm that focuses on providing answers and solutions where I kind of mentioned as a police officer, yeah. you're really designated to respond and report. You're not necessarily designated to prevent crime other than by mm. being present. And it goes back to another great book I absolutely love is uh, Start With Why and Simon Sinek. I love yeah. his books. And it, it, a lot of people are talking about start with why these days, and it, it almost gets kind of cheesy. But when you look at it, you internalize yeah. what that is. You know, my why origin story behind that first business was I responded to an audible alarm. You get them five or six times a shift. You show up, you check your doors, you make sure everything's locked up. Well, this time it wasn't locked up. The back door was kicked in and the house was ransacked, kind of like you see in a movie. Yeah, TV's wow. gone, laptop's gone, you know, the dresser knocked over and As a police officer, you go in and you, you have to, of course, clear the house, make sure every, whoever is, was there is gone. And yeah. then you call the homeowner and say, hey, we need you to come home. There's an incident at the house. We need you to come. Essentially inventory yeah. what could be missing because we have to report that. Yeah. Yeah. And as they're going through an inventory, and it's a young husband and wife. They just bought this home within the last year. And there's a sense of like a violation attached, right? You get victimized in that sense. Somebody's in your personal space and it's very emotional. And as they're going through, they're both upset. They're both crying. And all of a sudden, the young woman, she freaks out and runs to the bedroom, like takes off sprinting. I'm like, okay, this can't be good. So yeah. I follow her back into the bedroom and she dumps over her, her uh, jewelry box. It had already been gone through, but she like dumps it over and starts searching through everything. And as she's searching, she's looking for one thing and she stops, goes through everything and just starts bawling. And she said, my grandmother died two weeks ago 
and her heirloom ring that she gave me mm. right before she died is gone. How do I get mm. that back? Wow. Jewelry is one of those you can't you can't track jewelry, right? Yeah. There's no serial number. I mean, unless it's just really that exquisite, you can't really track it. So as a police officer, as, as difficult as that was, you know, she's like, how do we stop this from ever happening to us or anybody we love ever again? Yeah. As a police officer, you cannot answer that question. Because if you say get this alarm system and this lock and it doesn't work, you're going to get sued. Your city's going to get sued. Your police department is going to get sued. And you, the liability is just so extreme that you're literally told, do not make that recommendation because you can't, you're not allowed to absorb that type of liability. Yeah. So yeah. I, I tell that story because night protection actually came from, I want to be able to give that option. I want to tell you exactly how. If I take liability, it's on me. It's on my company. I put my name on the business yeah. because I don't want to shy away from the fact that I'm giving you my personal recommendation of what's going to keep you the safest. And that's expanded from homeowners where we started, residential, all the way up to high rises here in Atlanta. And we, we even travel at this point to different organizations, corporations. And the goal there, you know, the why there is my overarching why yeah. is I want to help people who can't or won't help themselves. Yeah. Two very big distinctions, but in that type of situation, they can't help themselves. So I want to be that person that can help them. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that is that is pretty pretty incredible. I love the the story on how your mindset work on pretty much backtracking the problem and it's like you know there's a route to this problem that hasn't been addressed yet. Like why do we need to wait until something happens to take action? instead of being proactive and take action before, right? And I, I'm curious, do you, do you apply that to, to your business? And with that, I want to add, throw in another question as well, which is you just mentioned two books, right? Start with the why and the one thing. Uh, so you, get the, you got the why and focus, right? And for us personally, this year has been all about, about focus. This was the year that we finally, you know, turned or... Offer of like 20 different services to just one service. And we started focusing on that. And literally we have seen results like crazy, like we've never seen in the last four years. So we know the importance of focus. What happens when you mix that with your why? Like what happens in there as a business, as an entrepreneur? You know, it, it's insane when you actually can align yourself with your passion. And I correlate passion with why. I think they're, You're, you're going to be passionate about your why if your why is deep enough. The why I just told you is everything. I own six businesses at this point. Wow. And every one of those businesses feeds off of. So I have the protection company. I also have a domestic violence nonprofit where, again, I help those who can't or won't help themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, now I have the production company where it comes to people in a different sense. The only clients I onboard are clients that have a why. One of my clients has a disabled child. They want to be able to provide generational wealth where that child doesn't ever have to worry about struggling because they might not be able to have a job. Beautiful. Well, that why, I can take your why, apply it to my why. Well, you can't necessarily help yourself in this situation. I can help you achieve your why. Yeah. And if you, you keep focusing down that level of you keep that passion because that's what gets you up in the morning. If you're struggling to get up in the morning and you're like dragging – trying to get up, but you hit snooze 18 times. I get up at four o'clock every morning. First alarm, it's off, it's up, I'm gone. Head to the gym, get my day started because my why is such a driving force. And if you don't have that figured out yet, if you haven't sat down to determine your why, 
and you're dragging get out of bed or you think you have your why, but you're still dragging getting out of bed, your why is not a big enough motivator yet. Yeah. You really kind of got to grind down into what is that that's going to get me out of bed and make the devil say, oh, he's up this morning, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that saying, you know, make them think, oh, crap, he's up. <laughs> yeah. And then start raising all get out, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like you've had your why figure out for quite some time like you 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 speak with so passion so no okay no, so that's where my question all. is so when you explain it right like it feels you're you're passionate about it right and uh, and you have a force that drives you forward we've 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 shared a little bit of like why we do what we do now or why we started the company you know we have family back home that we want to bring back on uh we want them to we want to provide for them because they provided an amazing opportunity that for us like gets us moving every single day you know that and you know now my family my son and you know different things that that come here um and then later we can talk about the impact in venezuela that we can go back and 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 rebuild the country with other people are doing amazing things right these are massive uh endeavors and and we need to be able to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and be like, holy crap, like they woke up, right? So when you explain this to us, I, I, I feel the passion. But when I just mentioned like you, I feel that you have it figured out, you're like, no, no way, no way. So my question was going to go like, well, when did you figure it out now that you don't have it figured out? Like what is that process, right? Because a lot of people might be struggling with their why. We did for many years. I did for many years personally, right? Like, I, per- I personally feel I still do. Like I, I know part of my why, which is exactly. our family. But at the same time, yeah, I'm so curious to, to hear your answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that, that's where I'm going, right? Because uh, if I personally feel like if we wait, to figure out the why, then mm-hmm. nothing happens, right? So we have to like execute while we're doing this. And then as you execute, you're gonna like, it's gonna start uncovering, right? It's like the fog moves away. So for you, what's that process like? How did it start and what what are you currently doing to continue that that momentum with your why? Yeah, and you have to realize it's, it's very fluid, right? Yeah. My why from the first business I started went from being very macro to now I'm very, very focused. And that's something I've developed more recently. Um, you know, it really shifted in Afghanistan. Uh, mm-hmm. We lost a handful of guys um, during operations that I was directly involved in planning. Um, it's really tough when, you know, a young guy, um, he was about three months from getting out of the military, left a wife and, and kids. And, you know, is one of his last operations and he's not coming home. And when you go through experiences where you realize the value, the time value, like you're not getting that time back, right? They're not there with their family this holiday season. So it turns into almost a level of guilt where should I be sitting down with my family for holidays when they can't, when they don't have that family member? So I I started correlating that in my head. Am I really doing enough to honor the memories of those that have served next to me, that have been around me? And starting with why is so powerful. It's a great starting point, Mm. but I shifted it to... A militaryism is reverse engineering. Um, you kind of re- backward plan where you you have your goal, you have your mission, you know what you need to accomplish, and you plan backward from there. Yeah. So instead of starting with why, I've shifted it to ending with why. Mm. I've shifted it to legacy. What am I doing today, every single day, that's going to help me achieve something that not mine going to be remembered, but the impact is going to be remembered. And once you start kind of shifting to long term, that goal gets really big. That end goal gets really big. And again, you start correlating things to so much emotion 
that at the end of the day, like for me, where am I going to end? Because we're all going to end at some point. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be the next time I go overseas. Yeah. What am I doing today that's going to leave something before that happens? And when you start correlating your legacy with every move you're making, to me, it changes the game where every single person on my podcast, I ask, what is the legacy you want to leave on the world? Because that's such a deep question and that yeah. every single answer has been different. And I'm writing a book. Um, I'm hoping to release it next year called The Legacy of Leadership, where I'm kind of putting a summary of all those together with my personal experience of this is what leaders are focused on. They're not focused on today or yesterday. They're not worried about that obstacle they keep beating their, beating their head against. They yeah. know that obstacle is going to go away. They're going to pivot. They're going to shift. They're going to get around COVID. Yeah. And they're going to keep moving forward because at the end of the day, the end is what's most important. Dude, yeah. Oh, man. So, sorry. I know that you yeah. might have a question in there, but like total self question right here. Um, I'm, I, and I feel like some people might might have the same question. We have this. We have this internal fire. I, I I love when you talk about you know legacy and, and what you've done. Just so you know, I'm gonna be first in line to to get the book. So just let me know. Uh, but sometimes we can feel that maybe people that are closer to us might not be in the same page, right? Like, or they not might fully understand what you're trying to achieve or why you even trying to go for that legacy, right? Like, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's few of us that go there, right? Uh, or have, you know, the, the capacity to actually go and try something like that, right? In, in Especially because we've we've been very blessed to actually chase our dreams from very little. Like, we, we went to Europe and played soccer, which is what we wanted to do. We understand not a lot of people have those opportunities, and we have people in our corner to support that. Now, there might be some people out there, and I've felt it once or twice with the people that are close to me that I, we're trying to explain what we're building, how we're building it, or why we're building, why we're going there. It's like to us, or at least to me, it's very important that we can impact thousands of people with, with the show, for example, right? Like, wow, just inspire of one person like expressing themselves in front of a camera because they can help so many people. Right. And then, and then that change can be extrapolated later. So how, what happens? Like, how do you deal with people that are not completely in tune with your legacy? Do we convince them? How do we do it? Do we have to sell them on that legacy? Like, what is the, what is the operating procedure to, to deal with that person that might not be understanding what your legacy is all about? You know, it's kind of like sales. Um, you can't sell to somebody that doesn't want to buy. You just, it's impossible. You can't convince the unconvincible. And I, I'll be frank, this past Christmas, you're talking three days ago, mm. I had parents question, are you really doing the right thing or should you go get a job? I have an MBA. I have um, two credentials in the security industry where I could walk into a security firm very high up making plenty of six figures. And I'm still questioned to this day, are you doing the right thing? Shouldn't you be putting in a resume or working on that or be applying to jobs? Man, yeah. when I tell you it is a constant struggle of people around me that, you know, Gary V, we talked about kind of before the show, Gary V kind of opened my eyes to sometimes you got to cut certain things out of your life, right? And Jim Rohn said it best, you know, you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And I wholeheartedly believe that where if you're going to surround yourself around folks that, you know, want to drag you down, because that's what I see it as. I see it as dragging, dragging you down. You have that negativity because we already have those thoughts. 
Yeah. Trust me, I think all the time, it would be so much easier to go get a job that just pays me to sit in the office eight hours a day and then I can just <laughs> shut it down. How easy would that be? Yeah. And then I remember my why. Is that really how I'm going to accomplish what I want to do in my life? Is that really how I'm going to leave a legacy? And that's, again, it all correlates back to what is my mission? What is my purpose? You know, yeah, I get a lot of negativity. I've had police chiefs try to shut down my business because I told them the cops aren't the answer. And I said, look, law enforcement isn't, it's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the puzzle. Yeah. And I had people say, you're going to fail because you're saying cops are wrong. I'm like, I never said cops are wrong, <laughs> but you know, it, it's all about, you always have that negativity. So yeah. it turns into, you need people like the two of you. I have a business partner, Jesse Smith, man. He keeps me grounded. Uh, thankfully, we never have a bad day on the same day. He'll have a bad day, then I'll have a bad day, and we go back and forth. And you know, you have to have those people where you can yeah. just be like vulnerable to, right? Vulnerability is the number one characteristic of a leader, in my opinion. And if you can be vulnerable to somebody close to your circle like that, and they can put that boot up your butt and say, "Get back to it." You you, st you got to complain, you got to whine. Now get back to it. You know, you have to have those people because you have so many people that are doubting you every single day. Mm. Wow. Thank uh, you. Thank you for answering that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know this is extremely important, you know, for hopefully anybody that is listening to this, whether you, they're going to pursue a business or whether they want to get uh, a regular job. I think it is important to know who you're surrounding yourself with, right? And, and avoid that negativity and that toxicity. So thank you so much for sharing that. And... You know, you mentioned that you have six businesses. I did not know that. I thought you had two businesses, right? I kept the, the secrets. I did not the, tell them the, that. The production like, company yeah. and the security firm. So I, I, when you said six, I'm like, wow, that is incredible, right? But at the same time, right? And this might be a little contradicting. We, we can get, like, if you have any challenging ideas, please bring, bring them on, right? But we were talking about focus. So immediately, as you said, six, six businesses, I'm like, wow, like, That seems like a lot, right? Like we're managing one and it's, it's a challenge. We? Right? So, we? Uh, well, he's managing one <laughs> and I'm like, on the, I'm like cheering here on the sideline, right? And so you say six and I'm like, wow, man, that is crazy. How does he keep his focus on, you know, on all of them? And immediately my mind was, it must be that tactical leadership, right? That you're talking about. And, and now you're talking about vulnerability, right? And that is the number one characteristic of, of a leader. So I would like to transition this a little bit in, into that, be a tactical leader conversation, because I am so curious, how do you do with all these six businesses? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what are the, what are the six businesses as well? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so I mentioned the domestic violence nonprofit. Um, that's business number three. Uh, the fourth is a real estate holdings firm that houses, uh, we buy pre-COVID, we were planning on buying apartment complexes that will house people going through our uh, domestic violence programs. And the domestic violence nonprofit, um, our leading program is women's self-defense. Um, so we really focus on that piece of where um, nonprofits are great, but if you can't teach a lasting habit, You know, you're just throwing money at a problem that's not getting solved. So I feel yeah. like we're solving, you know, not getting victimized again by yeah. teaching self-defense. Mm. Um, and then uh, I mentioned Jesse earlier. He and I own the Worldwide Dance Challenge and then My Creative District, um, which we talked about the summit that's coming up uh, off yeah. air. But um, both of those I have part ownership in where the Worldwide Dance Challenge is in 25 countries in the first seven months straight to the website. Um That's huge. It's in the middle of season one right now. And then my creative district is the parent company. 
that essentially is talent development over that where week three, we had a, a young kid, Angelo from South Africa, come on the show by week six, he was signed to universal and to next his wow. revenue in South Africa. Wow. Um, so you look at all of that um, to throw another curveball at you. <laughs> I've been on active duty military orders since April. Wow. Um, due to COVID and due to the civil unrest, um, all the riots that happened, I was in charge of, um, several hundred soldiers here in Atlanta, just managing testing sites and, and security around. And um, now I'm full-time in a school on Fort Benning. Um, I, because of that, I'm getting promoted to a captain in the Army. So Congrats. now I'm in a full-time, I think. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, but now, I'm, you know, nine to five, I'm yeah. in a classroom learning more. Yeah. And wow. all of that goes back to one thing. And, and it sounds crazy. Yeah, that there's a lot of shit happening. Excuse me, a lot of stuff happening. Good. I know we're live. We can't believe that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff happening. And I, I say it goes back to one thing. It goes back to two things. Mm. The first one is each one of those pieces feed off each other. The, the dance challenge, the purpose partner is our nonprofit, where now the nonprofit is a worldwide organization getting its message out there where we have a podcast surviving to thriving the podcast. That's mm. the name of the nonprofit. Yeah. It's the purpose partner of the dance challenge. So we, we feed everything into each other mm. and it just Incredible. keeps going. The security firm obviously plays a part in all of that yeah. with the housing, with the individuals. So literally it all feeds into helping those that can't or won't help themselves. The dance yeah. challenge seems kind of off the wall, but my business partner um, used to dance with Justin Timberlake, Rihanna. I oh, mean, wow. He's been there, done that. He was part of like the step up movies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden COVID hits and he loses hand over fist. Right. Wow. And he calls me up one day. We're in a, a mastermind together. He calls me up and he said, I don't know what to do. I, I can't do anything right now. I'm like, yes, you can. And this is what we're going to do. And we came up with this idea. That's wow. a very short version. There's a lot more that yeah. goes into that. Yeah, I bet. But, but you know that then it turned into his why he wants to help every dancer in every part of the world that can't come to America for American Idol. So you think you can dance world of dance. All you need on that show is a cell phone and 2G Wi-Fi. And we can, that's where the production company came from. We created the production company to then edit all of that together where now you have a performance and a three minute audition reel that you can submit to somebody when you wouldn't have had that otherwise. Right. So again, they all feed off of each other. And at the end of the day, the, the military, uh, it is my service piece for sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's teaching me how to manage people on a higher level, a higher skill. Where else can you learn leadership than on a battlefield where you say two words under gunfire and people move? Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, lives are lost. And one of the biggest things, I, one of my quotes that I love, I wouldn't say my quote, I'm sure I stole it from somebody, but um, you mentioned my acronym earlier, BATL, um, and I have a lot of things that I talk about from the battlefield to the boardroom. Um, and you talk about be a tactical mm-hmm. leader in, in that battlefield. We all fight to be leaders in our own right yeah. and taking those from different industries into the boardroom and lots of life lessons. So it really, again, turns back to that one focus. Of, yeah. I want to help people that can't or won't help themselves. And that keeps me focused on each of those different pieces. And then they all feed off of each other, which is a really long winded way to say I'm a very busy man. <laughs> but you know, like, I, I understand it now. Like, I, I love the part that they all feed into each other. Um, I mean, definitely you seem to be an extremely busy person, but you seem a busy person with a real purpose, right? A real why behind you. And, and you mentioned that. And I think, hold on, but I, I think it's busy with, 
execution, right? Because exactly, I, yeah, I don't, it, want, it, I don't want the busy to be taken as, hey, I'm just doing stuff. It's like it's yeah. with execute tactical execution, <laughs> with, right? It's like, hey, th we're doing this because of this reason, and then this is going to help these people, yeah. and this is the impact. I'm, that I'm, is, I mean, I'm, I'm right? sure we've all, we've all heard that phrase that is like a business is not the same as busyness. Like people confuse those two, <laughs> and. I feel, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I feel like I get caught up in the busyness and not necessarily doing the things that are going to move the business forward. And I'm like, oh, I don't have enough time, but I'm just, you know, maybe investing my time in the activities, not, not in the right activities. And you mentioned kind of like this term that you took from the military, which I personally think it has been a term that, that has getting, it has got a lot of attention in the business world entrepreneurial world which is reverse engineer right like let's get the goal reverse engineer it and then we move up we move on from there so i'm guessing that that is how you run all six of your companies and that is how it makes it attainable for you right create the right amount of steps that your capacity can fulfill with your business partners and yeah. and your team members But in all this, I am like, okay, people know about reverse engineering and they do it, right? They go, okay, this is my big goal. They do all the math that they have to do. This is the number of calls I have to do. This is the number of con the piece of content I have to create. Yeah, people don't do it. Is it just because of the why? Is there anything behind there that influences people to not take the right actions to complete the, the reverse engineer plan that people create? Is that a step of the, you know, be a tactical leader? It is. And I think it's something that a lot of folks get overwhelmed um, very quickly when you start talking about micro content and trying to put all this out there. Um, you know, if you really look at the definition of tactic or tactical, um, it, it really focuses on an action or a strategy carefully planned to achieve a specific end. Mm. And that specific end, you have to define that again, yeah. you reverse engineer. So you find that specific end. What is that end goal, that end state? And it could be of the day. It could be of the week, of the month, of the year. You know, I always love doing it. We talk about reverse engineering, you know, and you talk about maybe a content strategy. Where do you want your content to be in a year? All right. What about at month 11? What do you have to have achieved by month 11 to reach that goal? And you take another step back at month 10 and you can do that by month a 30-day plan i think is much more attainable and achievable yeah. by people because you start looking at you know a year and that's a lot of content right <laughs> yeah. or that's a lot of stuff you got to do and yeah if you can stack a bunch of 30 days on each other you'll be amazed by what you can get done if you start planning it in that where at 30 days i want to have this achieved all right now at 29 days yeah. i have to have this at 28 days i have to have this you work all the way down to that and it's like all of a sudden you i have to make one post today Yeah. And it's, it can be that simple where people just get so overwhelmed by the end state, they forget that it's step one, two, three, four, five, that five meter target compared yep. to that end goal. But you have to be able to break that down in order to kind of break it apart where it's not so overwhelming. Yeah, dude, I I, I love it. I, and, and to bring a little bit of perspective, like right now, like with our specific case, I feel like if we would have said nine months ago, hey, we're going to be publishing... 400 pieces of content a month. That, how does that sound, Fonzie? Overwhelming. <laughs> Very uh, overwhelming. Don't sound crazy to me. I don't put out that much content. Jeez, guys. <laughs> But it's happening, right? But it started with a Facebook Live. It started with three shows a week, right? And then from those shows, then there's a specific output. 
right? So, so we, but we never, I, th- I think we never reverse engineer that. We said at a macro level, we did. I was like, hey, um, it was a 30 day goal, right? It was like, hey, we need to be consistent. The fr- how, how can we be consistent? The first thing was, let's go Facebook Live last year. Just one video, 10 minutes a day. Let's create that consistency habit. Once we go comfortable with that, okay, it's like, okay, what is the next stretch goal, right? And then when COVID happened, we're like, now we have the time and capacity to do the show, right? And and that's what we did. It's like, okay, how, what's the consistency on the show? Can we do three a week, right? That puts us at 12 episodes a month. Can we do that? Let's execute. But same thing, it was like the month. And then the next month was like, okay, we mastered this. We built the system to sustain it. What next, right? And it built up to what we do now, with the 400 different pieces of content in different places a month. But it's like you said, it's it's step by step. Uh, And key there, key there is like, don't don't go crazy because when we first started, we're like, we want to be the Gary V's, right? Three years ago, and we want to do the whole shebang. And we spent three years trying to figure it out. (laughs) It never happened and we never executed. But it was like the 30 day. I I think that piece there, it it will help a ton of people where it's like, okay, what is your 30 day stretch? Once you master that, it'll say stretch out again. You know, what is my next 30 day look like? And then relentless execution, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to add to this because right before the we, we started the show, we were talking about your latest episode in your podcast where you talk about Gary Vee's mm-hmm. approach to content, right? That is just pushing a lot of content in front of people. And then the approach on Grant Cardone, which he does push a lot mm-hmm. of content a lot, but he's more aggressive. I'm going to shove it down your throat <laughs> type of content, right? Um, and I know you have, uh, I, I feel like you have your own unique perspective on content yeah. and I'm curious too, cause you know what, what led you from all this security side of businesses, right? And the military and the police to start your own content production company, right? I, I, I see those, you know, you, you already told me that they all feed into each other, but for me, those are very different side of a spectrum. So I'm curious, like, what led you go into that side of things, and what are you, what are your views on on, on content as well? Because I, I found it interesting what you share on that podcast. Yeah, I I love Gary V. Um, great dude. I used to love Grant Cardone, and he kind of got um, annoying, yeah. um, to put it nicely. Yeah. And they're they're both at the end of the day. What they forget to tell you is they both have nine figures. They have a team around them. They have a videographer following, you know, Gary's a lot more authentic in the quality of stuff he puts out. He puts out that raw footage, you know, he's on a plane doing a voice recording. I love that about Gary. Yeah. Yes. Everybody can do that. But when you're talking about that much content all the time, his, I love his mythology of don't create, just document. So you document everything you're doing, but then you go back and you try to chop all that up or you try to get like one good insight out. That still takes a, ton of time where yeah. you're not documenting anything but you doing that for the next three days yep. so for me it's more about how do you i love the word tactical right it's yeah. breaking it down being actionable where to me there are three levels of business you have operational which is obviously up high you have strategic which is kind of what we're talking about with that that 30-day strategy mm-hmm. then you have tactical and that's that what do you do right here right now and yeah. for me it's more about create that quality content you know, y'all, I've seen this, some of the stuff y'all put out. You put that quality stuff out there, a little Thank bit of production you. value behind <laughs> it. You. you find a topic people want to hear about. 
it's not about 18 pieces of content a day. You could have one really great piece of yeah, content yeah. and it hits LinkedIn and you just have to find that right platform. There's a little bit of science to it, right? But yeah. I love LinkedIn. I never had an Instagram until I had business, Facebook. <laughs> you know, I'm old enough. I, I wish we could go back to MySpace. But uh, for me, like I live on LinkedIn and yeah. I'll throw posts on LinkedIn and it's quality content that that audience wants to hear. They see a little bit of production value behind it. That's where my content hits the best. And with that realization, I know how I need to shape my content where I'm focused on LinkedIn because not only is it a great platform for me, guess where a lot of my leads come from? Mm. You know, I'm doing it in a tactical manner where I'm not just throwing content out there. What do I want to achieve with this content? Yeah. A lot of content's cool, but again, if you don't have an end state attached to what you're doing, you're just creating noise. And I think Gary, unfortunately, has a (laughs) noise consistency with him where he's creating a lot of noise where I've honestly stopped ingesting. And that's even something he recommends. He's like, stop ingesting what I'm talking about and go do it. All right, cool, Gary, I did. And I'm not <laughs> listening to your stuff anymore. Sorry, bro. Yeah. But it's one of those, got to take that action attached to go ahead and put something out, right? Yeah, it could absolutely. be the worst. Go back and listen to episode one. And it's terrible on my podcast. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> don't, don't go listen to that. He's so fun. Um, but, you know, that's what it is. Like, how? what's the end state of that one piece of content? What do you want to yeah. achieve with that one piece of content? What value are you providing with it? And then worry about that next piece of content. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's something. I'm sorry. I know you might want to say Ooh. something here, but oh, you're good. You're good. Um, I love what you're saying about the the quality, right? And for us, when we were starting and we wanted to, you know, post like Gary V eighty thousand times a day, <laughs> we didn't sit down and think about his twenty to forty thousand dollar per month team that he has behind right. all the content, right? So obviously, immediately we became overwhelmed. And what we started telling ourselves was quality of the message is more important than quality of the production. And that was the kind of like the mantra that we started living. Um, and and it changed everything because now we were focusing on, okay, instead of making it look pretty, let's focus on delivering a quality message out there. And that started changing things. That's when yeah. we started doing the one Facebook Live every single day. But now we were focusing on what we were saying And we discover, guess what? If the quality of the message is there, people are going to resonate. You start, you know, getting more business. And eventually, it will lead to an increase of quality of production. So for us, I was like, wow, that is incredible. And that's what I'm listening with you as well, right? It's like, you need to understand what your capacity is. Yeah. And be honest with yourself and say, can I actually do this? And sometimes it's no. Sometimes you only have the time to write one quality piece of content a week, right? And... I know this sounds a little bit contradicting because of the fact that we do a lot, we publish a lot, right? But the time that we spend now, we have a team behind us that help us. But mainly the content that we create is this right here, is the podcast, right? right? The time that we invest is these conversations that we're having with the incredible guests, right? Just like you, Zach. And... And now we have our team on the back that they help us repurpose that in a way that we can share it in other platforms. And you mentioned noise, which is uh, is so so cool because not too long ago I was listening to Christopher Loghead. I don't know if you are familiar with him. And if you got if you're not and if you're listening and you're not familiar with Christopher Loghead, I definitely recommend him. He has a podcast. Um, Oh man, I'm gonna I, I forgot the name of his podcast, but he he's the author of the book Play Bigger, and it's amazing. And he was talking about noise, right? He says, I hate noise. I hate people that just put noise in social media. 
And he said, I look for every single thing that I post to make a contribution, right? And I don't know if you noticed, but at the very beginning of the episode, when we were doing the sponsorship, right, which is a shameless plug way to, <laughs> you know, put our services in front of people. We said, if you want to amplify your contribution, right, because we've noticed that in the market, repurposing is very tied to amplifying noise, right? It's like, okay, let me just grab a bunch of things inside of your message and just publish it out there. And me personally, I was like, I don't align with that, but I love what we do, right? And I do find value in what we do. And part of our system is to determine the right pieces of content that would actually benefit someone on the other side, right? So how do we amplify that contribution? And I, I love it because even though we we are more high volume content, right? And you are on the side of, let me put the one piece of content that I know is going to be quality, right? It's, it's kind of like different sides of the spectrum there a little bit. I think we both align on the set, on the sense of, we want to contribute to the person on the other side, right? Yeah. We want the, the person on the other side to get something out of it that it can move the needle forward. Yeah, I also recognize a, a word here and, and a term that is framework. Like you came up with your own framework, right? Mm -hmm. Like how are you comfortable on executing your your strategy, whatever that's business, content, whatever, right? Like that was something that for us was very foreign uh, when we started. And once we kind of took in that, 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 that word and that term, And we started applying it to everything that we did. It really helped us move the wheel. And that's what I've recognized from your story is like you came up with your own framework. You saw yep. what works and you continue to execute on what works, right? Like we took, uh, and we've shared this in other episodes, in our specific case, we changed our perspective to what if, right? What if we try these things because we have the capacity and we have the resources to actually deploy it? Not a lot of people do. And on the business side, we can help with that. But when we changed our perspective, we started seeing these things, right? And that's what you did on your business too. So, you know, even though we're on both sides of the spectrums, those things like that framework and your amp your your um, contribution, amplifying your contribution is very important for, for every business. So whatever you sit, like if it's one piece a day or X amount of pieces a day, like are you really amplifying your contribution or are you just making noise, right? Like what Fonsi was saying, right? Yeah. And if you are, because we truly believe that every single piece of content that's out there has a purpose and will touch somebody in a way that they can do, uh, take action, right? And I feel the same way with you, either that's one piece or 10 pieces. And that's wonderful. That's a beautiful thing about this role on the internet and, and what you're doing yeah. with this six companies and the impact that you're creating. Yeah. So, so I, thank you for, for sharing this amazing perspective I, and, and letting us challenge a little bit because yeah. we, we love that. <laughs> I, I think it is like, we, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Please no, let no, him no, talk, no, man. I, Come I, on. Y'all are, are hitting it on the, on the head, man. Like you're talking about, yeah, y'all are at 400. I'm not at 400 pieces of content a, a, a month. I mean, that, that's a ton of content. Um, and I think a, a piece of this that we should talk about is the limiting belief behind my content's not going to be good enough. Mm. Right. That's mm. where I hear so much is my content's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be the impact piece that I want it to be. So I'm just not going to put it out there or people aren't going to want to listen to me because I don't have anything to say. That is the exact thing that kept me from launching a podcast for mm. several years until I had somebody put a boot in my butt and say, you have leadership experience, yeah. go on a journey to learn more about it. And you're tactical. Yes. Call it tactical. I didn't, I didn't name my show. Somebody from the outside said tactical leadership. There it is. Go yes. do it. And then, It all crafted from it. And one of the things I've taken, again, from the battlefield to the boardroom, sometimes so many people are set on on focus. You know, you always hear 
ready, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. You get ready, you take aim, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and then you take your shot. Well, I've flipped that, you know, and it should be, in my opinion, ready, fire, aim. Yes. You get ready, you take that shot, and then you adjust courses you need to. Yep. And if COVID and 2020 hasn't shown that adjusting course is vital for people, you know, go ahead and take that shot. Mm. Put out that first piece of content because it gets easier. It gets so much easier oh, as you yeah. get going and get in that routine yes. and you get over that limiting belief of nobody wants to listen to me where people still don't want to listen to me, but <laughs> it's cool. You know, I have a podcast. I have a face made for podcasting. So, you know, it works. And you just have to get past that because a lot of people are so worried and tied up in that. Like, just get past yeah. it. Start putting out that content and it gets better. Like y'all said, that production quality continues to go up. Yeah. And I found that interesting what you just mentioned because – One of the biggest benefits, personally, uh, I've experienced through podcasting and just just publishing in general, is not the gaining or the gain of an audience, right? Or or the new business is actually the fact that now I'm more comfortable sharing my ideas, right? Whether that is in front of a camera or in an actual conversation in real life. Now I'm like, you know what? This is how I think now. The, I, I I'm now able to express myself in a more clear way. And in, in a more clear way, in a clearly way, I think that's the, the right way to say it. Yeah, your, your English is not very good <laughs> yeah, looking. Yeah, my English is not it, very good looking. It, it's okay. <laughs> But, you, you know, Zach, like, that, there's so many uh, benefits that most people don't really talk about when it comes to publishing, which are huge, right? But people, I feel like they only see the side on, like, oh, this piece of content didn't go viral. It didn't work out, right? And guess what? At first, it, I think it's actually... Uh, a, how do you call it? an advantage that people don't watch your content because then you can mess up as many times as you can <laughs> and be comfortable yes. with messing up, right? I mean, this is episode 124, Zach, and you heard the intro. You heard the mess that my brother became <laughs> on, the, on the intro, right? Guess what? If that would have happened on the very first episode, on the first 10 episodes, we would be sweating. We would have a mark in our shirts of sweat because we would be so nervous right now. There's a reason I wear a black t-shirt. That's all, That's all <laughs> but, I'm going to say. But, but it, it teaches you, right? It teaches you on like, it's okay to fail. And now we don't even call them failures. We call them samples. We're like, let's grab a sample. Okay, how, why can't we learn from this and, and move on from that? So thank you for, for bringing that point. That is amazing. And I love the whole content is not good enough limiting belief because... I, th I think that would be that's definitely top three reasons why people don't publish. So Absolutely. I think we're getting towards the end here. Yeah, so we have we have last three three and a half favorite questions three there. And <laughs> three and a half. Uh the first one of those is with all your experience, with what you've shared today, I mean, I, I think everything is incredible. By the way, like, w this episode is full of golden boulders. And uh, if you don't know, it's golden nuggets, but a little bit. Yeah, so, so, go version. so golden boulders <laughs> just are massive. massive golden nuggets. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Sweet. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. It resonates. Hashtag golden boulder. Yes. Let's go. Thank <laughs> you, Luis. Right, there we go. Okay. Anyways. Are you going to ask the questions? Maybe. I was just making time. Okay. No, anyways. Okay. Question, question, question. What would be your number one action point? Like for people to, to get momentum, to get going, right? I'm asking for those that are maybe stuck, like with their why. We're asking that, for a friend. Asking for, <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're stuck in that, in that journey of finding their why and they're not executing. What is the number one thing that they can actually do to get that wheel rolling? Do it. 
Like it, yes. it, it is yes. literally, it is that simple. It, it is to me, it is a decision in your head. Hmm. Do or don't do. There is no try. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also a wise old man once said that. Um, but it's one of those that you, you just have to do it. The grind keep grinding. I mean, we all have those days. Mm -hmm. And if you give up, that's where I don't believe in failure. You mentioned fail. The army loves acronyms. Fail to me is first attempt in learning Mm. and you just continually learn. So if that didn't work, just keep doing it because eventually you're going to find something that works. So honestly, it's that simple. Just do it. Hashtag Nike. Sorry, guys. We should all get sponsored by Nike, just saying. We, uh, we, <laughs> love, we love that brand. And it, another book recommendations, right? We have two so far in this book. So in for those book? in this book, in yeah. the, I mean, yeah. This it will this, become a book. This yeah. episode could easily become alert. a book. <laughs> but another book recommendation will be Shoe Dog, right? It's, pre- it's a pretty good story for... Um, the, the, the story of Phil Knight who founded Nike. So, yeah. all right, super tangent in there. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it cannot get as simple as that, right? Like, just start. Like, if, if you're feeling that resistance, that might be an indicator that that's the one thing that you need to do. Yeah. And, you know, we've learned that that if we feel that, then let's tackle it. There's always a lesson, right? Like, if it works, great. If it doesn't, great, too. Like, there's a lesson there, and then we move forward. It's Absolutely. just going to bump us in the right direction. Uh, we know you publish. Amazing. You, you explain a little bit, like, why like what you do about it i mean with all the businesses that you've done too like the impact that you're creating is is incredible this is probably my favorite question right like where where would you be if you did not publish a cop on the streets of atlanta still oh man don't don't make me think about that um all joking aside man um podcasting is the one thing that has been the biggest growth point in every one of my businesses from uh, my wife runs the nonprofit and that podcast. I ran this one. Um, uh, my business partner, I forced him to run a podcast for my creative district where, again, we're reaching people, the networking and the learning opportunities attached. Mm. Man, I, I had people, I've had people from Germany, Australia, um, all across Asia reach out to me to come on my show where I would have never have met those people if I didn't have yeah. content out there where now it's essentially just inbound leads more or less like the yep. funnel I've created attached to podcasting. It's like, I never look for a guest because there's always somebody that wants to share their story of tactical leadership. And then it just turns into referrals and, and more guests and, and business. And end of the day, it's the best marketing tool I've ever used. Oh, yeah. Don't tell our secrets to everybody. <laughs> Can we edit that out? As a yeah, yeah, we'll definitely cut All this right. part out right here. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got some comments coming in. That's me, power couple. Let's go, Heather. Right. There she is. Yeah, the behind the operation. <laughs> Let's go. And, you know, we've shared many times, like, this is the one thing that shifted everything. You know, so glad that, you know, when we had that, that experience, that to me was terrifying, where we lost about 80% of our business. Uh, Fonzie was like, dude, this is the time. You know, we had those five episodes that we recorded about a year ago. Forget about those in the vault. We're never going to ever, ever show that, maybe. Uh, but then he's like, let's get it done, dude. Let, following your action point, just just go ahead and do it, man. Mm-hmm. We recorded the first five episodes. We did them live to this day, 124 episodes live. Same with you. Like, we've been able to develop amazing yeah. relationships. So if you get out there, 
publish. Get it out. For us, podcasting has been a great vehicle for you, Zach, also as well. But it doesn't have to be a podcast if that adds friction to it. Find the yep. thing, right? Like, and eventually, this just allow, this vehicle allows you to develop amazing relationships, meet wonderful people, right? My wife is so scared that I don't have friends in Jacksonville, which I do. <laughs> but but then, like, every single week, we're making this ama- creating this amazing relationship with three amazing guests from all over the world, right? And, and the world just becomes smaller. And people are like, hey, you should meet this guy. You should meet that person. You should go and talk to that company. Uh, opportunities exactly. just start flying yep. from everywhere. Absolutely. So highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I do have one. And what's the worst that could oh. happen? I mean, at the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen? Yep. Yes. Like, yes. Nobody watches it? Like, who, who cares? What, like, <laughs> literally, what is the worst thing that could happen? And once yeah. you embrace that, like, nothing bad could really happen from that. Once you embrace, like, hey, cool. Nobody's going to watch my stuff. Yep. Now I don't have to be embarrassed. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah. Absolutely too easy. We've actually found that you gain more from doing it and like the worst case scenario happening yeah. than from not doing it at all, right? Because like, <laughs> let's say you do it and nobody watches it, the connection fails, you do a technical mistake, everything. Like you burn your office, whatever, <laughs> but you still publish. You like, yeah. there's there's uh, one lesson in there that you're gonna that you're gonna learn, right? Yeah. But in contrast, if you don't do anything and just stand still. Nothing happens. And one of my favorite quotes is actually from Tom Bilyeu. He says, I prefer to move 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction than standing still. And it's because in that 100 mile per hour journey that he's taking, he's learning. But if you're standing still, there's nothing yeah. to learn in there. So I do. before we say goodbye, I do have one more question. So you said the number one characteristic of a leader is being vulnerable, vulnerability. What is the number one characteristic of a tactical leader? Mm. Oh, that was good. Not just being vulnerable. That's a great question. Um, Not just being vulnerable. Vulnerability is great and you can be vulnerable, but it's, it doesn't do anything if you don't act on it. We've talked about action the whole time. You can be vulnerable to yourself. You can be vulnerable in the mirror, but until you share with people around you, that level of vulnerability You'll, you'll never realize how many people are going through that same thing. So when you share your vulnerability, you're impacting so many people that you don't realize. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to publishing stuff, right? It goes back to podcasting. When you're vulnerable and you're a tactical leader and you're vulnerable to those people around you, your team, your subordinates, whoever's around you, and you show that vulnerability to them, that in of itself is tactical where they're going to be able to correlate, buy into your mission, buy into your message, and really yeah. be a part of that overall growth that you're wanting to achieve. I love it. You know, and yeah. and I know I quoted a little bit of Christopher Loghead in here today, but he says marketing inside of your company is as important or more important than marketing outside of your company. And I think that is a, the job and what you just described as a tactical leader, right? Being vulnerable with your team members too. It is part of marketing your own company. And I, I'm going to translate that, marketing your why, right? And passing your why down to your team members so you can all grow together. So thank you so much. I, I, I love that. Zach, where, uh, where can people find you? Where can we learn more about you? Where can we listen to the amazing voice that you got? Like, I wish <laughs> we had this podcasting voice that you have. And uh, so where, where can we find you? Yeah, the easiest way um, across all social media, it's at BA Tactical Leader. 
Um, the website's beatacticalleader.com. I host the, uh, the podcast there. And then me personally, you can find at Zach A. Knight across all social media. Easy to find. And my phone number is actually my cell phone number on there. I love to have a direct connect or you know, reach right out or hit my Calendly, get a schedule called with me, and, and uh, I'd love to hear from folks. Hey, well, I, I'm definitely going to take on. I'm going to put your number in my phone, and then whenever I, we go to... Not, not you. Not no, you, no, man, not no. You. Fonzie, you, you didn't make the cut, Fonzie. I'm sorry, man. I was going to yeah. say, whenever we go to George Albert, hey, I'll be like, Zach, I'm here. <laughs> no, no, it's going to ignore you. Definitely. You but I won't be calling you at 4 a.m. in the morning, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> we'll go to the gym. It'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he needs to look at this. Uh, I, I definitely need to go to the gym. <laughs> Zach, uh, any any last thoughts that you want to share that we might have missed uh, throughout the show today? Man, I think this was a great conversation. I appreciate y'all having me, and I hope that the audience just takes the three of us at our word of you know go get stuff done, put the content out there, mm. and just keep driving forward because it's gonna win and you're gonna do well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, thank you, Zach. And with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosGo. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you did because Zach was awesome, don't yes. forget to share it and, and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>